This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, uh, this this podcast is a really fun one to record because I got to do it with one of my mentors, Russ Morgan, who lives in Birmingham, Alabama. And I just I'll give you the background story on on this on this guy. So I was, as some of you guys know, worked at the bank. I worked there for four and a half years. I'm like 19 years old and starting to just wanting to like conquer the world, and I know nothing. Like. I, I literally know nothing, and I read this book bec- uh, called Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash, didn't understand it, but I knew that there was something there. And so I got my hands on like a think tank that I like. I spent money on, um, and, and there's a lot of people that were speaking, and this guy, Russ Morgan, spoke about what they were doing with their business, how they were explaining the power of you know banking on yourself and like how they work with clients. And I just had a moment where I was like, I need to, I need to meet this man. Like if I could, if you would have asked me at that time, if you could have any mentor that could teach you, who would it be? Russ would be that guy. And so I, I, uh, stalk him on LinkedIn, send him a LinkedIn message and just say, Hey, I'm 19 years old. I live in Wisconsin. Um, really curious about to learn more about what you're doing saw you on a think tank i'm wondering if i could have 10 minutes of your time and um he he's like yeah he he reached out um which is rare by the way because not everyone you know responds and then and then we're talking on the phone and i and i was i did a pretty good job like summarizing my three four minute like this is my background this is kind of my why this is what draws me into this concept go kind of thing like so they know kind of who they're talking about and i just remember like three or four minutes in talking to him hearing him speak i was like i need to learn from russ and uh so in my very midwestern way i was like hey so i pretty much invited myself over (laughs) I, i i made up some like you know there's a conference going on which there was which i ended up going um but i but really that was my way in i went to the conference so that I could work with Russ. And so I went down there for a week and met his family and we we're now great friends. Um, his his four incredible kids and it's just it's just been so much fun um, getting to know him but but like and we, we talked about a lot and there's so much wisdom and so many like key nuggets as you listen to this like you're gonna take away so much if you want to start taking control of your life. Um, this idea of outcomes. like how many of you guys listening? to this podcast like you guys are working you guys are doing certain things but why like what what do you actually want to like what what's your outcome like why are you doing what you're doing and one of the biggest takeaways that i've gotten is like okay why am i in business is it to make money or is it to, is it for something else and when you start with the end in mind this whole money thing gets a lot, lot clearer. And and so the, one of the things that I love about, you know, talking with Russ is their brand, Wealth Without Wall Street. It's not just the don't invest on Wall Street. It's the what's your number one asset? What do you actually want to accomplish? And let's like go out and do it. And that was that was key. That was a key foundation that that I ended up build, building my business off of off of what I've learned from from Russ. So we we talk about mindset. I put him on the spot with my legacy question about books. We he Russ explains opportunity cost, um, and then really 
um, kind of give some key takeaways um, on on what they try to do as it relates to helping other people through money. You're gonna you're gonna love this conversation with Russ. Um, without further ado, here's Russ Morgan. Russ, welcome to the podcast. Caleb, man, thank you for having me on. This is a pleasure for sure. You know, I I, I remember the first time uh, meeting you. I was crazy enough to to fly. Oh, no, hold on. You were crazy enough to let a stranger fly in, um, and I I remember sitting at the at the uh, hotel, and I'm thinking this fancy sports car is going to come pick me up, and here you here you come with the what what was it the white Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close. Yes. Yes. I, I definitely did not uh, want to over impress you with the 2006 Yukon that I was picking you up in. But yes, I, I do remember you picking, uh, picking you up. Um, it, you know, one at first before that I had to convince my wife why I was going to allow uh, a stranger into our house with our four kids. What, what was, and then this is like, what, what was, why did you let me come? Because if I remember correctly, I called you, like I asked for 10 minutes of your time and we talked for 10, 20. And then I pretty much asked you on that call, <laughs> hey, like I'm like coming down to Birmingham. Do you know anyone that I could stay with? Kind of like did the whole Midwestern, <laughs> like invite myself over. And then you were pretty yeah. quick. You're like, I, if it was up to me, I would let you stay, but I got to talk to my wife. I'm just curious. I've never asked you this. What what was it about our conversation? Was it, did you pity me? Well, no, didn't pity you. I could tell you uh, that you're going to be successful because you went right after the sale from the very beginning. You, 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 you <laughs> went for the ask. I like that, that aggressiveness. Now, I think, you know, of course, it, it, our Southern charm here is to always say yes uh, when we're saying no behind the scenes, right? So, <laughs> um, so don't, don't let that fool you. It was when I went and did some Facebook stalking on you and I, I saw like all these pictures of you obviously on like mission trips and just kind of like saw your face. And I was like, this is, this is somebody I, I think uh, we could trust. And, and I did show all that stuff to my wife and she said, okay, well, we're going to put him downstairs and, uh, and I, I want you to have the gun out just in case. Right, right. <laughs> well, that smiling is ROI positive. The reason I bring up the car is uh, I, I try to get down to your guys's office once a year. It's, it's, it's been really cool to build a relationship with you guys. And we, we went to a trip to Mississippi to learn about some taxes and that, that car almost bit the dust. Um, I'll, I'll be nice to see your nice big sports car when you get it. Well, I will say that after that last trip, you guys gave me so much grief. I went ahead and like put that thing out of its misery and, and bought a new car. So there you go. Uh, so that, that way I don't have to take any heat. But yeah, no, it, it's, it's always good to, to catch up with you. And thank you for having me on, man. I'm, I'm, always, I'm so excited for your book. Like, you know, I've got to read some of the excerpts. Thank you for kind of letting me uh, kind of have some uh, behind the scenes look at it a few months ago as you were coming out, but I'm, I'm still waiting on that brand new copy. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get through it. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm excited to, to come out with it. Okay. So Russ, I have a few people in my life that have made a huge impact. Like it's, it's in crazy to me. Like, like you say, write a book. I, I, the fact that I could write on anything like is so humbling. And as I reflect, I, there's a few people that have poured so much in, into my life. And so I don't know if it's going to actually be called this, but like, as I think about launching a, a, a podcast, I kind of think of this idea of like kind of creating a mentor series. 
And because I want people to know that I'm not, I'm not the special kid. Like I, I really, really got blessed to have people that could take me under their wing. And you were one of them. And while you were crazy enough to let me come down, you taught me so much. And every time I leave Birmingham, I get so fired up and excited. And you have this incredible story about how you like, and I want you to share that. Um, and then I, I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about, but I think you and I are both, as we discussed, like w- what kind of things do we want to share about on the podcast? Cause we could literally talk for hours. It's this idea of outcomes as it relates to thinking about our wealth, but I want people to kind of get the context. Uh, the reason I chose to contact you was I saw a think tank of you speaking and the way that you communicated your conviction, the credibility that you had really jumped out at me and impressed me. So there, there's kind of your tee up. Um, we would love to hear your backstory. Yeah, well, easy, Caleb. I mean, it, I, I, I appreciate all the praise here, but I will, I will say that, you know, I've been asked several times to mentor, you know, would I be willing to mentor somebody from other people in our, um, you know, our community? Hey, there's this young guy or you know, new guy, would you be willing to mentor them? Because I have seen the way you and Caleb have interacted. And I, I just think that you'd be a good fit. And, and I've always kind of pushed back on that to say, look, my mentoring is only as good as the person that I'm with. And Mm. Caleb makes this so much easier because you're so fired up. You're constantly learning. I mean, the fact that you came down here three years ago at what age 19 to like pay to be at a course that where when I was 19, I was not interested in any of these things that's what's uh, so easy. And so, um, you know, when we get into mentoring and mentorship, it's always so much easier when you have somebody who's motivated and all you have to do is kind of like share wisdom. So I I love the fact that, you know, we get to do that in our business. And, you know, I, I started out in the financial industry in 2004 And I thought that my path was going to be more kind of Wall Street driven. I was going to be, you know, dabbling in all these derivatives and options and uh, fancy ways to, you know, do financial planning. And it's going to be, you know, this glamorous life. I wasn't going to be driving a 2006 Yukon. I mean, (laughs) you know, I, I had grand visions, but the reality was, is I was a money babysitter and I didn't know any more than what, uh, the person I was dealing with was plus one. I mean, really, I was one mm-hmm. step ahead of most of the people I was talking to. And it was just because I was reading the information on a daily basis or weekly basis. So when, when the market crashed and, and I had no clue as to why it crashed, why it would, uh, what, what would keep it from doing it again, it, it sent me into this like, okay, I got to go into research mode. I've got to find better pathways. And, and when I found some of the concepts that you and I use, I realized, wow, this is simple. Like this is how you allow people to be the hero in the story. This is how you give them uh, the tools to allow them su- to succeed in areas that they understand and that they are passionate about. And, and that's what drives me on a daily basis. And I know just through our conversations, what drives you, it is that outcome. Like, what are people wanting to have from life? You know, why is it that they're going to work? Why is it that, you know, they want to put their kids to college? What are those outcomes? 
and get our brains out of financial products and rate of return and the noise that come along with those things. And how do we really get down deep and start figuring it out? At the end of the day, we're saving money for one of two reasons is either to spend it or if it's to give it away. And what are the tools that allow us to maximize those things? So in, when did you get your, you, you actually have your CFP, correct? Yeah. So I became a certified financial planner in 2006. I, I usually okay. don't uh, share that with many people because I, I'm actually, even though out there people see that as, you know, this uh, distinguished um, credential, I almost see it as a crutch. I see it as something that uh, where I thought I had learned, you know, the five or six key areas, uh, core areas of the business. But what I, what I realized is that as I was going through those courses, that they were forcing me to respond in a way I really intuitively knew what went right. And then I've, uh, as I saw the financial markets unravel, I realized how little I knew from that. Um, I do keep it because, you know, I, I like to be able to share, you know, hey, I, even um, after having what I thought was perceived knowledge and I've learned these things, I can point back to that. And, and, you know, the only way you can change something is hopefully from the inside. So I've kept it to try to speak to that community to say, Hey, look, you know, there's, there's things that we need to be doing to help the, the consumer. And, you know, just this book knowledge is not, is not true understanding. Understanding comes when we're actually doing stuff and it's actually performing the way we would want it to. Right. One of the things that I'm really fascinated with is you guys, I mean, you guys have this amazing brand, Wealth Without Wall Street. They have a podcast that's just taking off, which is just really fun to listen to. Um, but you guys are really clear about, and, and your clients are when they come in are really clear on the outcomes that they want, but that didn't happen overnight. And the, and the cool thing was like, I had, I like got to know you as you were starting to like position and brand, but like that didn't even happen overnight. So from 2008, the crash to where you are now, what were kind of the key points, like the big takeaways, the aha moments that you received? Because what, what's the phrase that we love to use? Like what, what if what you thought to be true turned out not to be? Yeah. When would you want to know? And you had a couple of those moments uh, in your in your journey of being a, a quote unquote financial planner, yeah, I think it, it goes to a couple of times when you see like existing clients who really broke away, who who really had a a measurable success, and it didn't come from some investment that they had. It came from their business success. It came from them taking um, ideas and things that they could control. And, and using the monies that we've um, stored in life insurance as a, as a cash alternative to allow them to fund those things, that those, those moments early on, I mean, I remember the first client that I, I shared the book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and I know you probably talk about that on your podcast, the, the, the Nelson Nash book. And I shared it with one of my clients and he, he and I had been working together for about four years and he you know, we were doing just a traditional IRA, mutual fund, all that kind of stuff. And, and he looked at that book. He came back to me and said, this makes more sense than anything else I've ever done. And, and he wanted to put in six figures into this policy. And I, I was dumbfounded. I, I, I was like, really? Like, I, I thought it was good, but 
Really? Yeah. And and then when I've watched that guy over the last 15 years to the way he's grown a multi-million dollar business and he's financed almost every step of the way from this cash values mm. and the success he's had and never felt um, the pressure of how he was going to, you know, get access to the money or if, if it, you know, if he needed to uh, replace some of his income, he always had a fallback position and it was because we didn't put it in a place that would lock it away from him. That gave me motivation. And, you know, in 2015, I, I'd been with the financial firm for about 11 years and, and we broke away. Joey and I, we, we, we left a firm that was good. It was a safe place. I mean, very, very quality people, but we knew that there was things that we, we had left to be done and, and that we were just touching a, a small aspect of that. And by having Wealth Without Wall Street and being able to get out and, and share, yeah, there are ways that you can grow your wealth and it doesn't have to come from the traditional measures. You are your best asset. Your business is your best investment. These life insurance policies are a great tool to help you get there. Mm-hmm. Then you get outcome. And I, w- I want to share a story with you. This, this is kind of interesting. My eight-year-old, uh, Betsy, I, who you I know very Betsy. well, who has grown, grown so fond of you and, and ask about you all the time. Um, she came in my room the other day and she, she had this little cute little uh, picture that she had drawn and colored. And she says, Dad, do you think anybody will, uh, will want to buy this from me? I kind of looked at it, you know, and, and of course, just, you know, just sitting there with this huge smile on her face, looking up at me with these eyes, wanting to know, like, will somebody buy her, her little picture? And I said, Betsy, I don't know if they will or not. I mean, it's a wonderful picture. And we, there's probably somebody out there for sure who would want to buy it. I want to buy it. But here's the thing. The way world works is it's a little bit different. The world used to work where we would build something and then we would go out to the marketplace and we would say, here's my something. Tell me if you're willing to pay for it or not. Mm -hmm. But that's not the world we live in today. The world we live in today is where people are sitting there asking questions, finding out what is it that people want? Mm -hmm. What is the outcomes we want? So when I'm talking to clients, I'm listening to what is the outcome that you want from your money? How do you want this money to react? Okay, you just sold your business for $10 million. Now what? Mm -hmm. How much money do you want to live on? How much money do you want to leave to your kids? What sort of legacy do you want to create? I want to know all of these things, and then we'll build the financial tools to support that. And that's, you know, in so many words, I shared with my eight-year-old that why don't we figure out what people want? Oh, I I get it. And then yeah. now let's go create it. And then right. selling it will be no problem right. because they already want it. it just, it, and that's the, that's the thing where we are in the financial world is I think, I, I hope that where you asked me kind of long story, the transition I've made is I used to go out and I used to try to sell people mutual funds. I used to sell people life insurance. Mm. Now I'm trying to sell people outcomes of what they want. I'm just trying to help them get to that point. And it only comes when we really start listening. And it's amazing that the tools that we use on a daily basis have so many applicable uses for these outcomes, but sometimes we miss it because we're not listening. We don't know. And so I think that's a huge thing for us. 
Uh, one of the cool things that I've gotten to experience in coming and shadowing is like people come into your office and typical financial advising is kind of like, okay, it's, it's kind of like what products are the best? We look at rate of return and you guys are like, it's all, que- it actually kind of bothered me at first because I'm like, hold on, what did we accomplish? Well, we accomplished the most important thing because you're getting, you're figuring out what at the end of the day is that person's why. Mm. And if you're dealing with an entrepreneur, why in the world would they want to take their money and put it into something that hope, hope it grows? And, and you kind of helped me make the paradigm shift of like, aren't you your number one asset? And wouldn't you want something like if you're in business, don't you want some kind of strategy to help you be a more successful business owner? And like, that should be common sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Well, it is. I mean, to some degree, I mean, again, we, we, we look at this and we say, why would we give somebody a dollar and get 10 cents back when, when we put dollars in our business, we get $10 back. Correct. Yeah. And, and, I, and I get the whole point that we're still having to work for it and there's value in being able to give a dollar and not have to do anything. But reality is that there's nothing that we can participate at a minimal level and get maximum results. It just doesn't exist. I mean, investing of any sort. I mean, Kiyosaki, I love Kiyosaki. And he says, there's not good or bad investments or good and bad investors. Mm. And, and it's the one that, you know, and I, I'm, sometimes I frustrate people and I, I, I kind of sometimes move people away from our brand and, and working with us because they, you know, it's very easy to say, I want a passive income that I would love to like give you money and not know anything about what you're going to do with it. And it just come back to me tenfold. Like who doesn't want that? Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's a participatory sport. You've got to be involved and active. And maybe it's going to be really active and involved early on to get it built. And then it becomes more passive and more automated as time goes on. But when people tell me, hey, look, I just want to give you money and, and just, just watch it grow and have come back to me, that just tells me you want to do the minimum. It's like, you know, I'm 300 pounds. I want to have, you know, so-and-so models body. You know, I want to have a six-pack abs and I want to, you know, have a you know 32-inch waistline, whatever the, the numbers are. And I, but I don't want to do anything. I, don't, I just, just want that to happen. Like, that, that's not going to, that's not reality. And that's a, a, the world that we live in is that people want this instant gratification and they're seeking that. And that's why Wall Street has become such a great tool to accumulate money for the managers of it. <laughs> it's because people just completely blindly give them money hoping that's going to come back. So Russ, I'm, I'm excited about this next question because a lot of the, my listeners are entrepreneurs, maybe people that are still in business, but are like understanding that they want to start investing in themselves. Um, if you're an entrepreneur or if you want to take responsibility I like that word, like take responsibility of your life and over your money. What are some like key things as it relates to wealth, key things that we need to start thinking about to live a wealthier life? Mm. I, I think one, we, we got to keep more of what we make. I mean, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have the gift of creation. Yeah. Right. I mean, we are just really gifted. If you look back at your life, if you're an entrepreneur, there's just been things through life that you can go, that came easy. Like for me, it wasn't school. Like I, I struggled in school. Like that was not my gift because I did not want to focus. I did not like sitting in a chair. And unlike my kids and unlike you, I was not homeschooled. So I sat in there with 30 other kids and my job was to distract the other 29. <laughs> and and yeah. I, 
and that was, and I was gifted at that. I was great at being an entertainer. And I think, you know, for us as entrepreneurs, we, we need to find ways to keep more of the money that we make. And, and that may be surrounding ourselves with people that are, are very process oriented, that figure out ways. And, you know, one of the things that we're focused on right now, we just did a, a, a podcast on, on why the rich pay or why the wealthy pay a lot less in taxes than you do is because they've, they've been proactive. They've created process to minimize taxes and by taking those tax dollars and then putting those tax dollars to work for us helps us achieve those outcomes we want. So I think if you really want to be wealthy, not only do you need to be a good student, right? You need to be constantly reading, you know, getting rid of TV, getting rid of sports talk radio, which is really hard for me in the South. I love Braves baseball. I love Auburn football. But, you know, turning on Audible, turning on podcasts, listening, consuming information, and then trying it, Mm -hmm. doing it in little bitty intervals and things and not getting distracted either. Because I think, I know I'm throwing tons of stuff out. This is the entrepreneur in me, like constantly just flowing information, but it's like, how do I keep more of what I make? How do I understand more about what I'm doing? And how do I not get distracted to where I start trying to put money into things that is not focused toward me? Because those dollars I flow away into other things that may be interesting, maybe exciting, but if I have little or no control of them, ultimately going to have the least impact mm-hmm. versus when I can point dollars toward things that I do control or I can impact, I can have maximum results. One of the big things that I'm like focusing on as I'm like talking to people and like, I just think is probably one of the most profound ideas when it, com- when it comes to our money, and, but when it comes to our life and business is this idea of opportunity cost. And, I, and I'm not just talking about product A versus product B. Like I'm talking about actions and like what we do and how we think. How do you explain opportunity cost? And like, I, how is, does that come up a lot in, in meetings? And how do you kind of explain that idea? Yeah, I mean, no, opportunity cost is definitely an area that the average person doesn't consider, right? Because it's, it's typically is blind to us. And the, the way that we see it most frequently is just people paying for, for things with cash. Because we, it, it's very easy for money to come in, money to go out. And we're never really building an asset. We never see the negative impacts of it unless we consider the opportunity cost of doing something different. And so that's a really easy one for us as we break down for our business owner clients who store lots of cash into accounts. One, because they, they need to be able to cover monthly opportunities operating costs, but also they, they don't know when a rainy day is coming and they know mm-hmm. uh, intuitively that the stock market's risky. They, they know their business is providing them the best success. And so they tend to hold tons of dollars and retained earnings in their businesses and it's costing them tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so as we kind of break down those things for them, we show them how do we take those dollars And then let that dollar do three or four other jobs because at some point they're trying to um, incentivize employees. And we say, here's one way the same dollar can help retain or recruit a new employee. Here's a dollar that we can, you know, take over a bank loan that you're now financing uh, with them that this same dollar could take care of it. We start adding, you know, jobs for that dollar just the way that they want an employee to do three or four or five jobs. We want their dollar to do it. That's how we break down opportunity costs more times than not. 
you're a huge fan of education. You're reading. Uh, you kind of have, we kind of have the same um, disadvantages. I don't know. Do you, do you read books, and not finish them? Because I do that all the time. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, it's easy, right? I mean, it, it depends on how good the book is. There's some that I'll read over and over and over again. And there's some that uh, about 20 pages in or, uh, you know, now with Audible, maybe, you know, an hour and a half in that I tend to, I tend to turn off because it's not connecting with me, but yeah, I mean, when it relates to reading best, best book that you've ever read and then best book that you've read up to this year. Okay. So best book that I've ever read, man, um, that's a, that's a close one. I, you know, outside of the finance stuff that I just love. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I would say, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster is one and probably E-Myth 1A because th those books have so much impact on us as business owners and how we, um, you know, get the, the things out of our way that's going to keep us from being successful. Right. And your other question was best book that I've read this year? Yeah. Yeah. Building a Story Brand. Building a story brand, uh, like to me, is all about how to clarify your message. And it's helped us be much more efficient in our communication with our, our, our person on the end of the podcast or, or, or finding us online or just sitting in the seat in front of us. So building a story brand, that's a, that's a close number two out there. When did you guys start Wealth Without Wall Street, like that, that branding? I guess it was about mid 2017. We 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 wanted to create a podcast. We really wanted to have a weekly conversation with our client, and and that we feel like that's missing in the financial world. There's not a ton of follow through that happens. There's a lot of front end conversations, a lot of excitement that happens, and then it's that pat on the back and just go get them kind of thing, and see you in a year if if that. And we, we were seeing that on our end and we, we didn't want to continue down that path. We wanted to be able to help support our clients be more successful. And, you know, when we have conversations with guys like you and, and we get chances to kind of brainstorm and mastermind and it's like, it's all this great info, but unless you're sitting next to me that week, you probably don't get that information. And, and so for us, we wanted to do that and Wealth Without Wall Street um, was created uh, on a podcast initially. And then we're like, this makes so much more sense for our brand to be this because mm. what it represents. And some people look at that and they ask me, what does that completely mean? And it's not just that we don't invest on wall street. Cause we don't, I have zero money invested in wall street, but it's about a mindset. It's about mm -hmm. breaking away from the traditional mindset of, Oh, I have to have a qualified plan or I have to, you know, uh, have a W-2 job. You know, there, there's so many, you know, I have to have health insurance or, you know, there's, you know, I have to send my kids to public school or private school. We, we, we kind of try to, you know, push back on some of the, what we would say is the traditional mindset. Not that any of those in, in of themselves are bad. But let's give an opposing view. Let's show that there is ways 
outside of those things to do it differently? And what would that look like? There's a, that's the opportunity cost, right? What's the opportunity cost of one versus another? Right. And, and the, another uh, principle that I, I love to teach, and I know you do too, is understanding the, the, the power of leverage. And the cool thing is you're having that conversation, whereas three years ago, I would be one of, like, I would benefit from it. But now, now you're really able to record it, capture it, document it. And, and it's, it's really, really exciting. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys to see the impact that you're going to have, not just these next couple of years, but, you know, over your lifetime and it will live on as, um, when you pass away. And it's just um, really, really cool. It's, it's really an amazing thing. Well, you know, this is a fun thing that we get to do, Caleb. And it's, it's again, I, I'm, coming back to compliment you on this is that it's fun to be around people like you who are passionate about helping people who are being an innovator. Cause I mean, I was sitting in a circle with a group of guys the other day and I, I was sitting there just continuing to compliment the things that you're doing, not only the fact that you're doing them at age 22 right now, but the fact that you are innovating in an industry that's hundreds of years old. And I, I look to you for ideas. I, I want to know how we can be more successful. And I'm like, how's Caleb doing it? You know, because here's what's happened. The truth is, is you and I talk and I come up to you and I say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. And more times than not, you already tell me you're doing it, <laughs> and, and, which, was, which is one, it, it, it makes me excited that I feel like I've uh, validated my idea, but then it sort of ticks me off a little bit that, you know, that I'm just that much slower than you because, you know, I'm competitive. I, I love the competitive nature. So, Russ, one of, the, one of my favorite um, things to, like, ask people that I especially that I respect that I've learned from is this idea of the legacy question. So, we've, we've been pretty focused on, you know, talking about money and wealth. And, and you and I both agree that it, uh, all, it can't be separated, right? I know you have an amazing family. Um, you have incredible friends. You have a great um, you know, church that you go to, if you like, if you had to pass on something like a part of your legacy, if you had one conversation, like say an hour conversation with the people that you love the most, and then you're gone, what, what are the things that you're talking about? What, like out of, out of your years and all the, the things that you've experienced, like what, how is that hour conversation looking? Great question. I don't, I don't know if I, I've, you know, really thought through that a hundred percent. Maybe that's because of my low follow through on certain things, but I, you know, I, I do think of legacy, you know, the, the things that we're doing in our, in our family right now, the, the fact that we are homeschooling and it's for, for multiple reasons is that we want to impact uh, our children with the relationship of Jesus Christ. And we also want to instill in them just values that you know we're to treat one another with kindness and all always and that also that you know we we can bring value to the world and we need to figure out what kind of going back to my conversation a second ago what is it that the world needs and how can we step into that void and you know i i just think that you know when i i'm instilling in my children that we um we can make a difference and, and that, you know, we can't be self-focused. We have to find ways to, to help other people. So, you know, it, it's, I don't have a clean answer on that. Um, maybe, maybe you'll uh, 
this question will will motivate me to to, to think of a deeper one. But uh, I'm sitting here looking at a quote on my desk right now. It says, "Your future is bright as the promises of God." And um, and, and I know that we have an you know an unlimited God, and and that that's the the, the legacy I want my kids to think of. I want them to think that there's there's no boundaries on them, that there is no there is no minimums and there is no maximums. We we really can achieve uh, what we want to achieve, and and it's through the power of, of what Christ instills in us, and also the people that we get to surround ourselves with. So keep learning and, and keep sharing. One of the things that I I just want to share this with you is one of the things that I've always looked up to you in and felt so comfortable with is I, I we've we've both gone through quite a bit these last three years um, but I've always felt like I could talk and share something with you and you're not a reactionary person you're you get me you ask great questions but you get me to really think about what's important and and I realize it's it's people can think what they want from your podcast and whatever but like you guys really do care like you know, and, and it's like, people don't care how much, you know, till they know how much you care and you guys like crush it in the caring department. And then you also know what you're talking about. And that's, that's why you guys are um, doing so well. And, and I don't even think you guys have gotten started yet. So Russ, thank you so much for making this a priority. Um, I look forward to sharing more conversations that we've had in the future. And uh, when are you coming out with your book? <laughs> Well, I, I will. I will tell you um, if I haven't shared this with you already that my daughter, my ten-year-old daughter, and I are starting October the first uh, on a ninety-day uh, challenge to um, complete and publish a book. So, Kate is going to be working on one, and I'm going to be working on one. So, um, the the beginning of the year it should come out. So, uh, do you know what it's going to be about? Or nah, don't know what's happening. So many ideas <laughs> and, and narrowing down. On it. That's that's why I couldn't start it right away. So I have a month to to narrow down. That's part of our process. Is is to I have I have a general concept of what I want to teach about, but. Um, you know, the, I, I'm just, again, I, I look to you and I, I see you at, at 22 having published this book, The And Asset. If you haven't read Caleb's book, The And Asset, definitely go to andasset.com. I'm pumping this because we're about to, we're actually about to share a podcast <laughs> on our um on our deal uh, to, to promote your book. Cause I'm so proud of it. I've gotten to read a bunch of it and I know that it's going to be a huge success. And again, I'm, I'm very competitive. So you wrote a book. I've got to write a book. Um, and the fact that my daughter's 10, she'll get one out before you did. So then I'll, at least I'll, I, I, I know. I'm, you know, twice, twice as late. Yeah. That's the, like, you get, you should, you should get at least some credit for that. You know, <laughs> what, one thing you got to know about Russ is uh, every week he got a new idea, which is uh, awesome. <laughs> it's a, I love the energy. Uh, Russ, that's right. Thank you so much. Um, tell your family I said hi. And um, yeah, we really appreciate you being on here. Yeah, glad to do it. Thank you for having me. Means a lot, man. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for spending the time listening to my conversation with Russ. My hope is that you have someone like Russ in your life. And if you don't, Take some time and think about who is that person, even if they live in another state, who is that person that you can learn from, that you can glean and become great friends with? And if there's anything that I can do to help you, know that I would do that in a heartbeat. Russ was also so kind to plug my book, and I'm very excited um, that my book's been out. I've gotten great responses. It's called The And Asset. Um, it's written by myself, and uh, you can go get a free copy at 
and a n d asset a s s e t dot com and asset dot com. Uh, all I'm asking is for people to pay the shipping and handling, and the book is yours. And would love to hear your thoughts. I also want to thank those those of you that have listened to the podcast, that have shared it, that have subscribed, that have left a review.、Um, you guys really mean the world, and you guys help this podcast get out to others. Go have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.